never seen it. You've never seen it. I've never watched it. Or you, you've to never it. watched Pod Save America. Yeah, I've never listened to it. Uh, I just know it's like a thing. Yeah. I've Should never listened to it either. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm already recording. Oh nice, that's a classic Mark Maron tactic. Oh, is it? I don't know. I listened to one. <laughs> I listened to one episode. I've also never listened <laughs> to it. We're, we're just name dropping podcasts. Yeah, now, so I listened to like one episode of Mark Maron's podcast, and that's what he did. They were talking uh-huh. for like five minutes, and then yeah. she's like, "Oh, are we gonna record?" He's like, "I'm already recording." Yeah, that's wow. how we talk. Let's just name all the podcasts we know. We'll go around in a circle. Uh, okay, start. Um, alt right is all right with. Richard Spencer. Is that real? <laughs> no, I just made that up. Right oh now. wow! I want to hear real ones. Oh, uh, are you talking REM Remy? Nice. There you go. The 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 one episode of uh, Mark Maron that I saw was the Obama episode. And that's about it. Oh. But uh, uh, I already said Pod Save America, right? Yeah, you did. Uh, last podcast. I've never seen that one either. You've never seen it. Never <laughs> watched it. Listen to it. Uh, However, um, you consume podcasts. Treks in the city. Trucks in the city. Trucks, trucks in the city. It's two girls talking about Star Trek. Oh, oh that's cute. Yeah. Shouldn't it be Trekkies. But it's sex in the city, so it's uh, trucks in the city. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Revisionist history. Oh, oh. Yeah. Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. I've listened to that as well. Uh, Chapo Trap House. Is that real? Yeah, it's real. What is that? It's a it's a leftist podcast. It's it's one of those uh, guys in their in a basement, but there's like one lady sometimes. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's like three brochalists, mm-hmm. and then they they talk about stuff. But they're they're also like super dirty and trashy, and mm-hmm. they say bad stuff. So like the Woody Show. I don't know. On ninety eight point seven. Yeah, yeah, kind of. It's like it's like like they they talk about leftist politics, but they also just do memes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Verbal memes. Yeah, yeah, verbal memes. Okay. Authentic knowledge and feelings. I feel it, I feel it. Yeah, I know where you're going with this. You want a little clip that makes everybody laugh and feel good. You know what I mean? Instead, it's like, whoa. But I'm really not funny. No, no, no. no. What? (laughs) Okay. guys um i'm harper i'm jonathan and and we have a very special guest with us today uh do you want to be geo or giovanni uh i'm ethan hawk that's he is not <laughs> ethan hawk oh. uh geo bionni yeah so fun yeah fun uh geo why don't you tell the people a little bit about yourself uh okay well uh you can follow me at hoi, <laughs> hoi pinoy <laughs> that's my that's my uh Hoi underscore Pinoy. Hoi underscore Pinoy. It's like Hoi Poloi, mm-hmm. but I changed it to Hoi Poloi Pinoy. Um, I mean, I don't have anything. I can't plug anything. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll say plugs for the end. I was yeah. just saying, like, who are you and how do we know you? And, like, wh- how, what does Ethan Hawke mean to you? Okay. Uh, Ethan Hawke, well, um, he sort of means nothing to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. No, that's, it, you'll bring a new perspective. It, it, it happens that I, I know the producers of the show, um, and 
they were looking for you know just just to they're still trying to find their voice in this podcast game so i i volunteered to help them out uh, a good friend of mine uh well you, you guys know the producers right yeah it's us yeah oh, okay yeah so yeah. you guys know yeah they're pretty cool so, i mean can we really know ourselves though that's what this movie is about is it <laughs> that's the question <laughs> All what right. is this movie really about? Okay, uh, I, I will start off a tradition where I will, will I the guest will introduce the film. Okay. I <laughs> <laughs> like that, Harper. <laughs> We're probably not gonna have I a guest. I feel so every powerless. Episode, yeah. Um, well, we knew we had to have you on this episode because I am a father. Yes. You are a father, and mm-hmm. also you watched this movie with us. Yeah. Yeah. And that made you as qualified as us to mm-hmm. <laughs> have a podcast episode about yeah. it. The, so the, far, the, the one has guy a degree in, in film with a specialization in Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> For those of you at home, I just rolled my eyes. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was a visual move on an audio podcast. I'm listening from home, so I'm glad you told me that. Mm-hmm. So, Dad mm-hmm. was released in 1989. Yes. Did you have a fact about 1989? Uh, that wasn't about Taylor Swift. No, uh, that was four years before I was born. Oh, okay. Well, uh, 1989 was incidentally the same year that Dead Poets Society what? came out. Uh, <laughs> that's crazy. Do you know what time of the year it was? Um, that's a great question. I do believe the Dead Poets Society came out earlier in the year. Mm. Um, but let me verify. All right, you Google Dead Poets and I'll Google Dad. This is going to be harder since there's no... No, there's a Wikipedia page, though. Okay, Dad came out on October 27th. Wow, October. Oh, it's a Halloween movie. Oh, wait, it's based on a book. Yeah, it's based on a book. Did you do any research? No. Oh. I was okay, busy well, yeah, it's my, based on a my, book. My, my, yeah. For my segment, which yeah. we're going to get to later. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, Dead Poet Society came out in June of 1989. Okay, so... So they were probably later. filmed around yeah. the same time. I think Dead Poet Society first and then Dad, but... Short, uh, close together. Well, for the folks at home, uh, we tried to do a little bit of research for this movie, and we found like absolutely nothing. But there is one thing that I noticed about the film uh, from my cursory glance is that it was directed by Gary David Goldberg. Well, let me make sure I said that right. Yeah, Gary David Goldberg, who uh, basically created Family Ties. Mm-hmm. That that uh sitcom with uh, michael j fox where he plays a young republican i don't think i know it yeah i mean yeah it's kind of, well, it's it's like it's like a very um oh spin city spin city also has michael j fox oh. and i know that show okay has alan ruck yeah. from ferris bueller yeah well it's like a very 80s tv show because it was like you know reagan and so they had this uh reagan kid in there and he was arguing with his parents who were I guess they were boomers if, if he's a kid in the 80s. The, the, the parents are boomers? Mm, they're probably a little old. Wait, how old is he? He's like he? a teenager. Oh, then so, yeah. So he's a, he's yeah. a X-er, Gen X, right? right? Yeah. And then the yeah. parents would be boomers. So it was like I think so. the, whole, the whole TV show was, oh, he's a Gen X Republican, and they're all boomer liberals. <laughs> oh, how fun. And Michael J. Fox. is the young Republican. Yeah. It was a different time. It was a different time when yeah. it, was, it was cool. Yeah. Well, uh, Murphy Brown is on now, and that also has a young Republican on it. He's the su- Murphy Brown's son is the conservative, is the host oh. of the conservative show on at the same time as her. Oh. So. 
Like Ar- like Archie Bunker? Uh, no, no, he's not. I don't think he's like Archie Bunker. He's, he's, he's not he's charming? He's hip. He's bringing... Uh, you don't think Archie Bunker is hip? <laughs> no, I don't think Archie Bunker is hip. Uh, I don't know anything about Archie Bunker. He's what's, funny. What's the, is, was it a show or something? Uh, no, it's a character. <laughs> it's a character. <laughs> he's a character on a show. Yeah, yeah on a Norman Lear show. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. The Jeffersons? What about the Jeffersons? He was in the Jeffersons. There was a... There was a That's not true. That's not true. Well, the people listening Don't probably know more about. Come to that show. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a spinoff. That, that's, yeah. that's what the joke was. Yeah. For our uh, our fans of the Norman Lear, the listeners cinematic probably universe. know more about the Norman Lear cinematic universe. Yeah. I do I love do, one so. day at yeah. a time. Well, actually, uh, talk about cinematic universe. Oh, I mean, it basically okay. was. You know, mm-hmm. TV then was like spinoffs to spinoffs to spinoffs. They love that shit. Yeah. Didn't Mash have like a bunch of spinoffs? Or just Cheers. I know that Frasier was a spinoff of. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, which yeah. Ted Danson was which on. Which Ted Danson was on. Yeah, we're so bringing it back to Dad. Uh, okay, dad. let's talk about this movie. So yeah. Dad uh, has quite a cast, yeah, I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, so it's about three generations of men, mm-hmm. uh, the oldest being Jack Lemmon, who you might know from The Apartment, which is a great film, amongst other things. Um, and The Odd Couple. Yeah. One and two. <laughs> One and two. Yeah. Um, and Jack Lemmon's son is played by Ted Danson of uh, Cheers and The Good Place on NBC, mm-hmm. Thursday nights. And um, then Ted Danson's son is played by our very own Ethan Hawke. The, the reason we watched the film. Yes, the uh, reason we watched the film. Unfortunately, he didn't have that big of a part in it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Because the poster, it's like, oh, it's the three uh-huh. men, and you can think... I, can like, we talk about the poster for a second? Sure. Can Love t- it. Can we talk about the tagline? Because it's, it's pretty good. Oh, yeah. sometimes you, the best man you meet is the first one or something? Yeah. It is a good tagline. Yeah. Yeah. But what, what, what I was thinking was, like, what if your doctor was, like, your physician was a male? That's the first person you meet. <laughs> <laughs> and this, this film has a pretty con- uh, mixed opinion on doctors. Yeah, and also fathers. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's like, maybe it's kind of a sad statement. Like, this is as good as it gets. Yeah. This is the best man you're going to meet. Mm-hmm. Are you going to you gonna talk about fathers now? Are you going to go into Stephen Molyneux rant about, do you, you know who that is? No, I don't. Uh, never mind. Okay. Yeah. You don't have to talk about him. He's not a good person. You're just not a good person? No, Stephen Molyneux is not a good person. Oh, is he a listener of the show? Uh, hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's one of the voices of the alt right. Oh, uh, okay. Is he gonna like Twitter dox us or something if we say bad stuff about him? No, he's gonna talk about the degradation of the family and how women shouldn't—they don't have like mother and roles or whatever. Oh, right. okay. Yeah. I Fun. love being a woman in today's America. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. You you have a podcast. That's true. I do have a podcast. No, no women before the 80s had podcasts. <laughs> Fun fact. Yeah, that's the 19th Amendment that legalized women having <laughs> yeah, podcasts. Women podcasts. <laughs> and, and then and Kanye just said he wanted to repeal it. It's the 13th. He said the 13th. Uh, I know. I was just trying to be. Uh, yeah. It's trying to be topical. Oh, okay. We're really dating this podcast now. Yeah, I know. Because I, no, I talked about fun. Murphy Brown and the good place. That, that's, what I, that's what I love about Kanye. listening to podcasts. Sorry, I have to remember not to talk over you because this is a podcast. Uh, well, we're on separate audio tracks, so I think it's... Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, that's cool. We'll do it all in post. Mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. what I love about podcasts sometimes. It's like, 
they like they date themselves really quickly. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you have to be topical in a podcast, but yeah, it's the first thing that you know, first thing that you f- figure out when you go through like an archive is like, oh, you know, holy shit! Remember when all those people were talking about uh, Clinton and, and I Trump? know, yeah. And you're like, oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, I, that was that happened to I was when I was listening to Revisionist History because I recently started listening mm-hmm. to it, and it was about With Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Malcolm Gladwell, friend of the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> everyone who makes a podcast is a friend of the show. Yeah. Unless you're like some alt-right yeah. punk. Yeah, but, quite, like Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, there was... Um, he was talking about like a painter who... Like a woman who was a painter and how she like almost broke the glass ceiling. But then she was sort of held... Or she broke the glass ceiling, but then she was held back like once she broke the glass ceiling. And basically, the, at the very end of the podcast, was he was saying, like, oh, I wonder how tough it's going to be for Hillary Clinton, like, when she's president. And it's just yeah. like, oh. Yeah. Awful. You see, this is why Hillary Clinton lost. It's because those liberal elites, they're so sure of themselves that she was going to win. And you know what? We showed her, didn't we? I think Malcolm Gladwell is the reason that Hillary lost. Yeah. Because 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 the Heartlanders were listening to the the revisionist history and they're like, God damn it! It's very interesting we have to say, but I can't believe you would say that about Hillary. Okay, so Dad. Yeah, Dad. I'm sorry. <laughs> Nineteen. No, no. This is fine. This is fine. 1989. Gary David Goldberg, as we said. Yeah. Family ties. And talked about Ted Danson, Jack Lemmon, and Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Yes. So should we discuss a little bit what the plot is? Yeah. For the majority of Americans who have not seen this movie. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Jack Lemmon, uh, his wife is played by Olympia Dukakis. And Dukakis. Related to Michael Dukakis. Yeah. Yeah. And they call each other father and mother, which is, some people think that's weird. I think it's kind of sweet. I think it's just because my grandparents call each other mom and dad. Um. But yeah, so mother uh, has a heart attack and is in the hospital. And Jack Lemon. She has a heart attack in the Ralphs. Yeah. Yeah. When she's haggling for yeah. fish or something. No, it was no, like pork it was like chops. yeah, it was pork chops. Pork chops, right? Yeah, she was hanging for pork chops. And she had the uh, the um. No, I have this. I have this written down. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. They go. To, they they, they like cut coupons. The most important thing that I wrote down. Something about Ralph's double coupon. They used to have that in, in any case. They used to have the Ralph's double coupon thing, and now they don't yeah. anymore. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah. Oh, we really dated ourselves there with the Ralph's coupon. <laughs> Ralph's is an institution. Yeah. So, Jack Lemon's character is really dependent on his wife. Um, as he's gotten older, he's uh, gotten less active and less involved in reality, basically. And um, and she's really taken over, taking care of him and mm-hmm. all in the household. And um, when she's put in the hospital, then uh, their children, a daughter played by Kathy Baker and Ted Danson, the son, mm, Kathy Baker, um, have to come have to come home and take care of the father. Right. And Ted Danson's character, whose name is John, um, is. High-powered businessman, sort of stiff and distant, mm-hmm. comes back to try to rebond with his dad named uh, Jake. Jake. Jake yes. and John. Wow. Jake and John and Billy. Billy is Ethan name. Hawke's character. Ethan Hawke. they, they really worked hard on those names. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Um, like, like they're, they're so generic that like I forgot who, yeah, who, who yeah, was yeah. who. Yeah. Yeah. So not only has John Ted Danson uh, grown di- grown apart from his parents, who he can't even remember if he went to Christmas last year <gasps> or not. Yeah, um, that's true. But he's also grown apart from his ex-wife and his son. His son played by Ethan Hawke. Whose son doesn't come in until like 40 minutes into the yeah. film. And the wife is not really a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of mentioned off offhand. Yeah. And basically, uh, Ted Danson's character starts taking care of Jack Lemmon's character. Mm-hmm. And he... Well, this so this is sort of interesting thing. Basically, the impression you get in the beginning is that he, this guy's kind of can't really take care of himself very much. Yeah. But then Ted Danson comes and inspires. I don't know. He 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 sort of gives him like things to do, and he's all lively again, and he's taking care of himself and stuff like that, doing chores and whatnot. Yeah, he also helps him to uh, retake his driver's exam, his driver's yeah. license yes. exam. Which yeah. that he probably shouldn't be driving, but... Yeah, you know. he probably yeah. shouldn't be driving. I thought the same thing. But it didn't matter. And then you see a Deering scene in which Ted Danson is sort of helicopter... Helicopter son. Childing, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where he's in the back seat of yeah. the, the car while Jack Lemmon's trying to take the test, and then the instructor kicks him out. Mm-hmm. It was cute. Yeah, yeah, and then he starts running next to the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that, that, that was so that was so eighties. <laughs> yeah, you don't see scenes like that much where they're like running and then the music swells and it's like. And then it fades. I love you, Dad. Else. I love you, Dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, a good driver knows when he's not a good driver anymore. Oh yeah. So oh yeah. Jack that. Before yeah. getting behind the wheel. Th- that, yeah. th- that's that's a little bit of uh, I guess fleshing out his character was that you find out he used to be an old race racer dude. Mm-hmm. They don't really go into this in the movie. Maybe it was it was a bigger part in the book or whatever. But you just kind of see some old paper, newspaper, you know, cutouts of 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 Jake and in, in you know a helmet and a race race. What's it called? A race car. A race what are those car. Things? Yeah. Formula. Was it a Formula One? Or you could, it was just like swoopy. You know, I'm not I'm not a race I'm not a racer. I don't watch. NASCAR. I don't know. I the only thing I know is that there's the Formula Ones and there's the Next time we have to have Elias on the podcast. He's, yeah. Uh, well, no, he, that's, he's a Euro- European race person. But aren't those still Formula Ones? Are I don't know. Not? Mm-hmm. Are they different? Or do they race like Fiat? No, or is they it like they, the they, Italian they, job. They, no, they, it's they, Formula they, One in they, like they, Monaco. They, and stuff. they, they, they oh, okay. race a, a cycling. <laughs> that's what we're talking about. Tour de France. Tour de France. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So he does more activities with him uh, while his mom is in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And, and then and then you, they, they kind of really play out that she's just like a nagging old bitch. Yeah, yeah. Like that, that was like, st- <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That, that 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 seemed to be like the weirder weirder part. I kind of got the sense that I don't know if if they were like there's no real antagonist, so they kind of make two kind of bad guys, mm-hmm. bad-ish guys. I, I guess if we can continue the plot, um, so. Uh, there's some son uh well there's a bunch of son and fathers so (laughs) (laughs) okay so so, uh, jack lemon and ted anson are bonding you know those are some cuter scenes and then so uh, does 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 she come back before she comes back right and then and then he gets sick 
Yeah. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so she gets a little bit better. She comes back into their lives, but um, she's not comfortable with him, right? Not um, yet. Yeah, but I think they're only back to living together for a really brief period brief of time, time yeah. because Before. Uh, then he mm-hmm. there's blood in his urine and they discover that he has cancer. Yeah. And then they try to keep that from mm-hmm. the mother. Yeah. Yeah. Which they try to keep her being sick from Jack Lemon yeah. in the yeah. beginning. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because but yeah, what, but to the point of what you were saying about her, they basically do kind of make her like, oh, she's so like she doesn't want him to enjoy his life at all yeah. and things I, like that. That, that. that was kind of the, the the almost plot twist. Yeah. Was that, that that she was like controlling his life and yeah, he, yeah. he was. Well, I, I don't want to get to that yet. But I guess before we get into the other half of the movie, basically, like to me, this first half. Where there was just male son, bo- like you know, uh, male bonding, and you see a little bit of the fragility in, in Jack Lemon, uh, you know his character, and 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 his like fragility is more subdued, mm-hmm. because as the movie goes on, he gets more and more, uh, like his health becomes more and more precarious, and more things happen, but this first part where you kind of see him, just kind of dote around and, and have a little bit of uh, fragility, that was like the best part of the movie for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then as the movie kind of accelerated to more dramatic, uh, almost cliches, I, I kind of lost me a bit. Mm-hmm. I guess I want to what you guys are kind of what you, what you take on this. Yeah, no, it, it makes sense. I I think that yeah, it, I agree that the best parts of the movie were like when you see Ted Danson and um, mm-hmm. and Jack Lemmon like bonding and stuff like that, and then the stuff where. Yeah, the stuff where they have her be kind of a antagonistic character just doesn't really, just feels a little yeah. cheap and unfair, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll say more. Uh, uh, a lot, a lot of the material that that Jack Lemmon has is like he plays it really well. Uh, like the best scene to me was was kind of the first time to go to the hospital, because I don't know, every other time it kind of loses like, you know some of the, the, the dramatic elements to it, but the first time he goes there and he just, like, hugs him, and mm-hmm. he's, like, he just, like, you see, like, the weakness there, and then you see Ted Danson start to kind of be really vulnerable. Uh, that was, like, the best part, you know, where they just, like, what, what, was, what was the quote that you guys took notes? It was, like, you know, kids hug, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, th- yeah. Um, oh, yeah, he says, John, I see men now. They hug. We never hugged. Yeah. And then and then Ted Jansen says, "Want to try?" Want to try? And then yeah. they hug, and it's very sweet. It's very yeah, sweet. It is sweet. Although I will say that a lot of that bonding stuff is a little yeah. bit much for me. Um, I think. You got to me. To me, you got way too much. Of, oh of, of yeah, the like especially the scene where they're playing catch. catch. Yeah. Like I he's like a a forty something <laughs> year old man. Yeah, and, and he's his, a fucking you know, seventy year old. Yeah, and they're playing catch out on the front lawn. Yeah, you yeah. know. The, the catch thing, I was expecting like Ted Danson and, and Billy to do. You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like that. Yeah. That was that. That'd be them. Yeah. But it's like, the fucking aging, dying father is yeah. playing catch with. Te- uh, what? <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of the stuff with his health doesn't make a ton of sense. Like yeah. you don't really know, because he's just so sprightly and and yeah. and then he's like really frail. And I know that that you know health can be kind of, 
but it it's mm-hmm. sort of, it does feel a little bit like what is really going on yeah with him. it's inconsistent well he didn't have like the physical symptoms though until after until like halfway through the movie so the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie he was like physically like actually fine it was just that mentally he had like totally regressed mm-hmm. to this place of being like subservient yeah. and right. you know submissive just not really actively participating but but also uh uh, I guess this kind of goes into the whole control thing, but the first scenes he seemed uh, some of the most frail, I guess, like when when he mm-hmm. just didn't really have control. Yeah, and, and and that 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 also I guess is a little feather in the cap of Jack Lemmon's acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where, like just the, the first scenes where you establish the character and he just kind of shuffles. He doesn't say much. There's not a lot of lines at the fr- at you know the intro. Yeah, you kind of get the characters really well. You know, they just kind of like look at each other. Right. And then like the first line is like, oh, there's a sale on Rouse. Yeah, and then you know nothing for another couple minutes. Then the next line, but the whole time they're just kind of walking, and then you know in the body language you kind of s- you, you get the whole relationship between two, and then the next line is like, uh, mother is saying, "I want those pork chops. <laughs> Give me those pork chops. I want those." And the guy's like, "All right, all right, here you go." And then yeah, boom, she's 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 sick. You know, she yeah. gets a heart attack or something. Yeah, yeah, she gets a heart attack in the store, in the routes because yeah. of double coupon day. It's too exciting. It's too exciting. So since uh, mother gets sick, um, Billy, the grandson, he he comes by to visit. Um, his first line from where? Oh, I'm getting to it. Uh, Sorry, I'm just trying to leave. Yeah. The 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 door opens up and and Ethan Hawke is standing behind it, and his first line is "Yo, Dad." And then Ted Danson retorts somewhat dadly. Yo, Billy. Um, and we discover that Ethan Hawke has been staying down in Mexico with some <gasps> friends from from school. And what school yes. did he go to? What school did he go to? UC Santa Cruz. UC Santa Cruz, which is where Jonathan and I both went. Yes. And met. And met. Um, and I thought you guys met in Mexico. Huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're just yeah. playing to the whole Santa Cruz is like, Loose and yeah. wild. Loose and yeah, wild. like Ethan Hawke has an earring and Just his one. hair is kind of long. Yeah. And he says stuff like, yo, dad. <laughs> yeah. You know, really. Establishing weird. character moment. Yo, dad. Yes. Yo, dad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And everyone thinks it's hysterical that his dorm is co-ed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we, we, we haven't talked about oh. the elephant in the room. Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. <laughs> who, uh, his re- you know, his reason for being there was he was basically Jack Lemmon's protege. Do you know about this? No. Um, no. Uh, well, briefly, like, uh, you know, Jack Lemmon had the broad... Actually, I should look this up before I just say... I guess, generally speaking, Jack Lemmon uh, was a big mentor figure to mm-hmm. Kevin Spacey. Oh, uh, okay. Brought him up in, in, in theater first, and then so this was one of his movies, so he kind of brought him in along. But if you remember, like, uh, Kevin Spacey did a lot of Jack Lemmon impressions on The Tonight mm-hmm. Show, mm-hmm. like yeah. a lot of them. And you could, like... So so yeah, basically he was he was like an understudy to him, and he he owes him a lot for his career. Mm-hmm. And, and you could see it in this movie he has a bit role uh, in the film as yes. he plays uh, the daughter's uh, yeah Kathy Baker's husband yeah. yes who nobody likes yes which I felt he's a, he's kind of creepy like yeah. he makes like kind of creepy jokes and yeah. things like that and he has kind of a he creepy a demeanor it's creepy mustache. I, I don't know if, if like I, I don't know if i could have 
there's, there's no way for me at this point to separate Kevin Spacey, you know, right from the controversy yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and the, the, the heinous the, the heinous actions to, to the guy, but like I looked at some of the old reviews and like some of the faint praise was like Kevin Spacey being funny, mm-hmm. and I don't think I could have ever like seen it as funny because I was like, oh, he's creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of the stuff that was played off as funny then. It's just creepy now. Yeah, yeah like it I remember you had, you had a you had a good uh, quote in your notes. Oh, did I? Yeah. Oh. Uh. Was it something that Kevin Spacey said? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was like it was like you won't catch me, but like you won't yeah. you won't convict me with that or something. Oh yeah 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 I remember that. Oh okay so yeah Kevin Spacey's character says, um. No jury would convict me, John. Believe me. Wow. Which. What was it? what was that in reference to? I what don't remember what the context was, yeah. but, but I was just something a little creepy. Remember thinking. Wow. That <laughs> it was particularly. Yeah, but honestly, okay. I think this is the first role I've seen him. The first time I've watched any one of his things since the whole thing. Yeah. Um. And I think I felt less uncomfortable knowing that he was creepy in this role. Like if he was, if he was like a more charming character, I think right. I would have felt mm. more uncomfortable. Mm. But the fact that he was creepy, it was just like, oh, I can just. There's an added level of discomfort, but it's uncomfortable anyway. So I can yeah. just. Yeah, you don't have to it. like him. Like they're yeah. not asking yeah, exactly, you to like exactly, him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If it was a more like sympathetic character, if you played Robin Williams, like Robin Williams' character in Dead Poets Society, yeah, he'd be exactly. Like, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, but he he's played a lot of kind of unsympathetic characters yeah. in his yeah. career. He was very he's adept at playing killer. villains and yeah. uh, like Nine Lives. Yeah, <laughs> he played the bad dad in Nine yeah. Lives. He, he played Ted Danson's role. Yeah, yeah. Did you guys get a lot of like him being stuffy at like the intro of of his character? Ted Danson. Ted yeah. Danson. Um. Stuffy, like it's it's it seemed kind stuffy of in what way? But like he's supposed like to be his a, performance? he's supposed to be no he's supposed to be like a stuffy boardroom yeah, guy yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. or uh, yeah. you know bro, uh, Wall Street guy and it was just kind of I don't know if it was really there. Yeah, I mean, I did. Th- I thought that it it didn't feel super real. Yeah. Um, but I did think I I did actually take a note when he took the call from his sister on speakerphone in front of everyone. Yeah, I was like, I was yeah. damn, that yeah. yeah, that's a that's a powerful that's a power move. Yeah, you know? yeah, power yeah. move. Yeah, it's a power move. Yeah. So big hair, big suits. Yeah, yeah. he had a lot of hair in that movie. Yeah, like really dark hair. Yeah, yeah, he just looked odd. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's well, there's also speaking of the boardroom, there's a scene where he's. Uh, with the Jack Lemon, and he takes him. Yeah, that w- that was a good scene to the boardroom. Yeah, and they're like having a negotiation, something to do with. Yeah, well, I wish I wish there was more of a payoff on that. There were there was a little bit of uh, there was a character moment later, but I didn't I, uh, there, I didn't feel like there was a lot of payoff for that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, could you elaborate what the scene was? Yeah, basically it was a cannery. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're trying to negotiate with someone. Yeah. And then Jack Lemon writes like on a note. He's like listening very yeah. intently, and he writes on a notepad, "He's lying" or something, yeah. and shows it to Ted Anson. And I guess that's basically the end of the scene. But yeah. then you have a scene of them after where they're having a conversation. Yeah. And you you, you get a little bit of I, I think what the film actually is supposed to be, but um, that whole, like whole lying like 
kind of get oh you know there's more to this guy than it seems but that kind of like perception that like uh like character like intelligence isn't really shown mm-hmm. like he has he has like quirks and shit but like you don't see that kind of like you know perception in him more you know right mm-hmm. right right it, it doesn't reveal anything in the character it's just like oh he's actually uh, you know he's smarter than he looks on yeah but there really wasn't anything that that like led, led to. to right but yeah and then immediately after that he basically asked him what he asked that dancing what he does and yeah. he explains that he they sort of buy businesses and close them down and sell off the like assets or whatever yeah it's for the land yeah and then he's and then he talks about how he worked as a he worked at he was um, at lockheed martin yes he, he was, was like, in a factory yeah yeah and then he's like oh you would have probably closed down my company if if you could have or whatever yeah and so i was like, like oh, you're not gonna close lockheed down Martin's lockheed martin. out of business yeah. yeah but yeah the point he was making is that it's a different kind of job yeah so just it plays to this whole kind of 1989 idea about manufacturing being like yeah. honest work and whatever to dance is doing yeah. is dishonest work I, I i will say i think that kind of that, that little uh, conversation between them kind of i think i got what the like the biggest part of the film for me was kind of encapsulated in that moment and what i see the film is is like boomers meditating on their own like uh conscience like like you know how there's that there's a bit of anxiety in 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 the 80s and, and and the boomer culture it's like what we're doing now you know there's they're doing these weird office service jobs that you don't really it's hard to explain it's mm-hmm. like he doesn't like mm-hmm. his father had a very uh, tangible job yeah he, he was yeah. a factory yeah, like he worker probably did the exact yeah same he did the thing exact same thing but he could explain what he was doing but like ted danson couldn't even really describe what his job yeah, was. yeah yeah or he he, was, he couldn't even come to grips with what he was yeah, doing yeah himself. he was exactly he was yeah, sure his dad yeah. explained to him exactly. basically what he was doing he was, he was like lying like, to himself yeah, about he was it. lying to himself and he you know he was just trying to like he, he doesn't even know why he does it and he explains mm-hmm. it later when he has that heart to heart with uh, ethan hawk later but uh, yeah a lot of the film it's like you know 80s you know oh we're gonna do all this shit with wall street and we're gonna try to uh you know greed is good you know try to chase that bull and what the film seems to be it's like uh what about family and what about these values that we're supposed to you know kind of push aside and it's like it seems like it's 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 from that um perspective like uh analyzing themselves you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like to, to the point where he's the he's like the central character he reacts to everything Right. And every like Jack Lemmon or Ted Danson. Uh, Ted Danson. All right. And the generations above and below him, like basically, it's like him consolidating that. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And most of what he's doing is just reacting to other people's, like, you know. Yeah, that's true. And I think that I, I think the most effective parts of the movie has anything to do with, like, someone reacting with their father yeah. and someone reacting with their son. Exactly. Like, that's the most effective stuff in the movie. And a yeah. lot of the other stuff that comes up, schmaltzy. Is yeah, yeah. And some of it feels kind of out of place or just yeah. awkward. Yeah, no, I agree. It's like Ted Danson, he works really well in this movie when he's just reacting. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you have the the the, the conversations between him and uh, Jack Lemmon, in particular, like in the uh, um, in the, the first time they go to the hospital when they find he finds blood in his peepee. Mm-hmm. And and the other time was when he talks to Ethan Hawke. He's like, how come you, we always joke? Let's let's just talk. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. And then 
it's just them having a conversation and just going shot reverse shot and then they're just reacting to each other just reaction shots yeah and and that that's like you know where the movie uh shines yeah i don't think we finished uh we didn't really finish the summary summarizing the plot but so we're we're we were talking about sorry folks before (laughs) we can get off track your eyes are scary. Where, where did we? I'm sorry. I'll close them. So they buy. You just buy it and close it down. That was what he was saying. Gets his driver's license renewed. Um, bingo. Bingo. Yes. Before and, and after. after. <laughs> yeah. That was fun. That, that was, was cute. fun. Yeah. And then there's those two older people who talk about two all the people old that, bastards. <sighs> who talk about the people that died. Yeah. Um. Yeah, our dorms are co-ed. Whoa. All the people in Mexico are trying to come here. Yeah. <laughs> it was <laughs> such a... Yeah. This Ted Danson says to... Um, oh, good old Ted Danson. Ethan Hawke. Yeah, so uh, we have that scene where, where he goes to the boardroom and then, you know, you see uh, Ted Danson bring Jack Lemmon into, into his life. And then you see the reverse happen not too long after where he goes with him to, you know, he's asking, what do you guys do for fun? And then, he, you know, then we start to get into what, what, uh, what ha- what's happening with uh, Jack Lemmon's life. I'm just going to call him Jack Lemmon and Ted Danson. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think it's easier. Yeah. It's, it's so many, like remembering who Jake and John is. Jake, John, and Billy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that's, such, that's such bad names. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, they, they go to the, the, um, the bingo hall and then, you know, you find out, oh, uh, this is what he, this is what he likes. This is what he likes to do for fun. And then like Ted Danton asks him, "How come you guys don't do this anymore?" I was like, "I don't know. I just, I just forgot why we stopped doing this." Yeah. And then you start this, you know, kind of brings into the whole uh, part later in the movie where they kind of stopped enjoying life. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think at that point, that's when Billy comes home, right? Well, no, he's been around for a while. He he comes in and then he basically gets shoved off. Yeah, because his Ted Danson asks him to leave. He's like, "Oh, why are you even here?" He gives him. He's like responds very curtly to him, like, "Why are you even here? Like, go back to Mexico or whatever." Oh yeah, it sounds different <laughs> in that yeah. context. Yeah. Not that Ted Danson hasn't had his own yeah. uh, problematic racial comments, but um, blackface. Yeah, but. Um, but yeah, but then, but he does stick around. You just don't see him as much, and he's visiting. Where 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 was he? I don't know. He's at his friend's house. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So basically, yeah. So they they have the scene with the with the bingo hall, and then, um. Is this is this around when uh, mother starts being uncomfortable with the new? Well, kid? I don't think that they're really around that much because so. Uh, we know that uh, uh, Dad uh, Jack Lemon has cancer. Like we, the audience, know that, and um, Ted Danson knows that. Mm-hmm. But um, they, Ted Danson, doesn't want to doesn't want Jack Lemon to know because Jack Lemon right. has a paralyzing right. fear of cancer. Oh, that, that's the, the, the that's the that's that's the payoff of the the, the bingo hall scene. Now that I think about it, yeah, because he talks about somebody else, right? The guy, the guy says, mm-hmm. "Oh, have you seen uh, Betty and Mildred or whatever the fuck old people names?" <laughs> and he's like, "Oh no, they're dead." It's like, "Okay," and then and then Ted Dance is like, "What the fuck?" You know, he gets all mad, and then Jack Lemmon, I don't know if you if you uh, listeners at home know old people, they're pretty 
they're pretty upfront about death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, f- I found that, and you could you could tell like there's a generation, you know, the, or maybe the age thing where yeah, it's like, just you could you could see Ted Anson is, is uncomfortable with 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 uh, right. the concept of dying, and, and you know, Jacqueline's like, oh, you know, uh, oh, they're dead. How about that? But he does have a fear. You find out he talks about cancer, and he's like, oh, that's a killer. Yeah, right. yeah, that's earlier when mm-hmm. um, when Olympia Dukakis is in the hospital. He doesn't want to go visit her because he's like, uh, you know, or they don't want him to visit her because they don't think it'll be good for him. Mm. Um, and they just tell him that she's sick. They yeah. don't say specifically what it is. Yeah. And he's like, oh, it's not cancer. It's a, it's yeah. a killer. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. that's like the first time that we see that he has this real fear of it. And Ted Danson gets a grasp on that. And yeah. so when... Uh, when Jack Lemmon is diagnosed, the doctor tells Ted Danson, and Ted Danson says, just don't, don't tell, tell him. him. Yeah. Tell him that there's something going on, but don't use the word cancer. Yeah. because The C word. Yeah. And against Ted Danson's wishes, the doctor, Dr. Santana, does... Santana. Santana. Uh, Dr. Santana tells jack lemon that he has cancer and then his character goes completely yeah. catatonic this is yeah. where the movie gets kind of weird yeah he yeah so he um he becomes a, a vegetable or a fruit a lemon <laughs> sorry you cut that out yeah and so ted danson is furious and he demands he goes to like the hospital manager director or whatever and demands that he gets another doctor for his father um and he's refused and so then he just picks jack lemon up in his arms and carries <laughs> yes, him out of the hospital yeah <laughs> oh, and God, the music that scene... like rises up behind him yeah. as he triumphantly carries his father out of the hospital and like entirely the unnecessarily move. yeah yeah it's, it's, it's so... you shouldn't probably he, handle a frail person that way no but he could have yeah. done especially in a could've, place could've where there are like you know yeah. wheelchairs stretchers anything you could use yeah whatever yeah, he's he, an old he, person. He who's... literally says he's he's in shock, and then he picks him up and like you know fucking carries him. Oh, yeah, Jesus yeah, yeah it's very silly. like he, he's, we know he's on medication as a fact, and then he just kind of like you know just takes him like what the hell? Yeah, it's so crazy. Yeah, so then uh, he takes him home and he tries to take care of him there at home. Just to, and it's just the two of them. Kathy Baker takes Olympia Dukakis to stay with her for a while, but um, so it's just the two of them at home, but. Jack Lemon is so far gone. He's like, he's just terrified hmm. of everything, yeah. and yeah. he's he, he's basically non-responsive. Yeah, and so Ted Danson has no choice but to bring him back to the hospital. Like, a well, few what days it later. is that I think the director says, "Oh, like we're not supposed to do this, but there's a doctor who we think might be a better fit." And so yeah. then he's, and then there's a scene basically. So he comes back, he wakes up like in the hospital under the care of this new doctor. I don't remember his name. Yeah. And um, all the nurses like come running in and start clapping when yeah. Jack Lemmon wakes up. The, the, oh, but this is like months have passed. Yeah. Uh, you kind of right. skipped over that. Yeah. He's right. in a coma. Yeah. Right, right, right. And yeah. months have passed. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. He's, he's, he's also uh, noteworthy. He's like the only other person of color in the movie, but between an earlier nurse and now he's like jovial uh, black man. Mm. Uh, like, the doctor? Yeah, the doctor. The doctor so those yeah. are the only two, mm-hmm. two non white characters. Yeah, yeah. Hey, 1989, folks. <sighs> At least they were progressive enough for the black guy to be a doctor, you know? Hmm. Uh, I, that kind of uh, reminds me of an earlier scene, actually, uh, when you when you talk about, like, he brings him home. I remember one of the the, the other nicer scenes that I remember from earlier in the movie was uh, the first time uh, Ted Danson comes home, 
and he's taking care of uh, father and then he's just like oh go 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 to bed and then he kind of leaves him and then he's like just he, he looks at him and he's just like standing there and then he starts to care for his father yeah mm-hmm. and yeah, then yeah. he ends up just decides to sleep next to him yeah and that yeah. was that was a nice cute yeah, little yeah. scene you know one of the better scenes in the movie where yeah you just kind of have that kind of relationship but yeah yeah, so so he so months have passed, like you said. He wakes up, they all clap, and then the doctor <laughs> says, uh, he like gives some like you oh know God. technical explanation yeah. of yeah. what it could be, and then he, to Ted to Ted Anson, and then yeah, he's he like said, between he you and me, an enzyme or something. I think it was the it could have been the power of love or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is another interesting thing. The whole time, uh, even earlier, we forgot to mention like you know he once they're bonding there's there's a point where he first he's like i can only be here for a few days and then he has that bonding moment mm-hmm. um going back to the earlier moment where i said he kind of he starts to change when he t- starts taking care of his father yeah and then slowly he loses uh ted danson's like uh i guess arc is he starts to lose uh, uh f- first he he kind of caretakes him like a like a child and then slowly he, he he lessens his grip on him. He lets him wash the dishes, and then eventually, it culminates in him driving a car. But um, well, where was I going with this? What was I talking about? You are talking about? I don't know. Harper, what was I talking about? Um, how he had to. He said he could only stay for a little bit, but then yeah, yeah, okay. He so he said he says he can only stay for a little bit. He start. He, he says, uh, you know, I'll just stay till he till mom comes back, and then. To the end of it, he's he's like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm not going back. And he sleeps into he sleeps in the hospital. Yeah, that's kind of a yeah. big deal. Like the, like he's Mr. Executive guy, and he, you know, you see him in a scene in the hospital where he's writing notes and talking on the phone. Yeah, yeah. So, but like he basically just decides, fuck it, I'm not gonna go back to work, and and, and sleeps next to his father. And then one moment he, he he's like, John, what are you doing here? Or where am I? He's like, you're in a hospital. I said, I can tell, you know, why am I in a hospital? Right. And then, and then that's when his character changes, Jack Lemmon's character changes. And then he becomes a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so yeah, he he's got comes a new home. lease on life. Yeah. 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 So he comes home, he wants to do all these fun things. He starts wearing yeah. crazy clothes and doing fun stuff. Yeah, this is where I was like, it kind of lost me. Weird. Yeah, and then and this is where the the sort of twist, um, the sort of more antagon- antagonistic elements of of the wife. Yeah, come out because she he wants to do more like fun things, and she sort of tamps down on that idea. And this is basically the first time they're really together. You since see them much the together first since scene. the yeah, first, first scene, scene, which is like very brief. And so you get to see more about the dynamic between them. And she has a sort of controlling nature. And the, the kids, all the kids are like, oh, like, just let him, mm-hmm. you know, let him do the things he wanted to do. And she's like, no, he's not, you know, he can't do that. He can't. Yeah. And you're sort of like, okay, well, she's he's kind of person. Um, yeah, but I mean, you have to imagine, like, she's, like, lived with him for 60 yeah. years it, or something. It, it, they, they do make her a little bit more... Um, sympathetic towards the end mm-hmm. yeah first she comes off just as a horrible bitch yeah yeah. yeah yeah um and then so what happens after that there's a couple of, get, of, of of there's of, a fashion yeah show. there's a fashion show montage right 
because Ethan Hawke and... Oh, we forgot to mention an important part of uh, Hawkeye's is that, you know, uh, Ted Danson's like, you know, go away, kid, go back to Mexico. And then you think think we're done with him and no more Ethan Hawke. But then he goes, you know, one of the one of the times where he's still comatose, he goes back into the hospital and he finds, you know, Billy there. And he's like, what are you doing here? I thought you left. He's like, I've just been staying at a friend's house. And every time you're leaving, the nurses call me and I come by and visit him. Like, oh, God. Yeah. 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 So Ethan Hawke is still around. Still around. And yes. uh, once Jack Lemmon is out of the hospital and recovered, he and... Ted Danson, all the three of them go to Venice because uh, Jack Lemmon just loves it there. Yeah. And they, they go like, shopping and they get some crazy outfits and they do a fashion show. Yeah. And that's what, one of those times when Olympia Dukakis gets really upset yeah. about how changed she is. What are you wearing? Yeah. You look like a crazy person. Yeah. She gets the most angry when they are eating japanese food yeah he's jack lemon has decided that yeah. they're gonna have uh dinner from a different culture every night of the week yeah. and they're only gonna speak in their language <laughs> and uh learn their customs yeah, yeah. Um, she gets very upset and like throws a bowl of rice and then ted dancing and her are yelling at each other yeah. and then jack lemon kind of comes in and says oh i don't want you guys to fight we're family yeah stop it don't yell at that. sorry <laughs> it makes a lot of noise This, this, um, is, this is the ASMR part of the podcast. This is the sound of a paper straw wrapper. This is a Target app uh, coupon. This is me gently drinking. Oh, I thought it'd be louder. <laughs> <laughs> This is the sound of the SD card case opening and closing. <laughs> is, AS, is it usually videos? Yeah. I it's mean, it's thing. the sound. Yeah, it's on YouTube, but yeah. it's the sound is the point. Right. What, is it, what does it mean? Uh, Automated. Sure. Automated. System. Malfunction. Let me, let, me, uh, let me phone a friend. It stands for... Autonomous sensory meridian response. Meridian. I was pretty close. Why meridian? It's a great question. Okay. This is why the folks at home listen. They want to know what meridian means. No, meridian. Yeah. Not marine. Mer- what did I say? Marine. You said marine. Oh well. It'll Same s- thing. Uh, okay. So what? So what happens at the end of this movie? <laughs> oh. Uh, they, make, they make out in the greenhouse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mom and dad make out in the greenhouse, and she decides to give his new lifestyle chance, and they start babysitting all of the kids in the neighborhood. Right. And, um, hey. Sorry, sorry. sorry. Stop moving that. (laughs) (laughs) So they babysit all the kids in the neighborhood, and then... Uh, And then he dies. Yeah. That's pretty much it, right? Yep. And then there's... And then basically you get the one scene where the one major scene you have well, one of the few major scenes you have with um, Ethan Hawke where they go... So they're at the funeral, mm-hmm. and then Ethan Hawke and Ted Danson go out to the greenhouse, and that's where Jack Lemmon spent a lot of his time taking care of plants and things like that. And he gives a sort of... Ethan Hawke gives sort of a little speech, and him and Ted Danson 
have a little bonding moment over the you know grieving mm-hmm. together and remembering mm-hmm. jack lemon um and i was uh what i was, I was sort of thinking about that was his character affectations were a little weird <laughs> yeah this, he had this weird voice he had this hey, weird man. voice yeah Yo, dad. Was, yeah which he seemed to lose a little bit yeah it was it was inconsistent yeah. he was making his voice deeper i yeah. think to give off that like surf town vibe yeah but um but really, it didn't work wasn't it wasn't successful yeah. um but it it did make me think a little bit about Dead Poet Society, where he's one of the main characters ostensibly, but he doesn't have that many lines. Mm-hmm. You just see him sort of reacting to, to things and like just being around. And then at the end is when you have an emotional moment with him, and he gets to deliver sort of the last mm-hmm. important line of the movie for Dead Poet Society. That's Oh Captain, My Captain, and for this movie, it's he. E- eulogizing uh, Jack mm-hmm. Lemmon's character, yeah, mm-hmm. which I thought was sort of similar. Yeah, yeah. Um. Oh, we skipped like the biggest. Yeah, I was going to say the second uh, half of this movie, the, the, the plot twist. Yeah, which I was that, not, which oh, I was not right. in on. Right. Yeah. So, um, they go to the doctor to see like why he's so different. Basic why Jack mm-hmm. Lemmon has changed so much. Yeah. Oh, um, and, and I guess the the big turning point, as we said before, was when he cu- when he when he comes out of his coma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his coma. Yeah. So when he comes out of the coma and he's like kind of a changed person, mm-hmm. um, they go to the doctor to see what's going on with oh, him. Well, well, let me say this first. Uh, th- you, you could see that they start fighting the the mother and father, and then at one point, uh, mom tells uh, Ted Danson, "I'm I'm scared. He's talking about these these people that don't exist." Right. Right. And so, and then he, and then T- uh, Ted Danson confronts uh, Jack Lemmon and he's like, oh, okay. He, she told you, huh? Oh, we need to talk. So they go to Venice Beach and he explains that basically he's imagined himself living this entirely separate life where he's like in a, on a farm basically. And that's, I think, the opening scene of the movie. Yeah. yeah which didn't make any sense to me at the time because right. it had nothing to do with the rest of the movie. Yes. But basically it opens with him like he's, you know, in a farm wearing buffalo plaid and doing farm activities. And so that's that's what he's explaining, that he's imagined this other life for himself. But it fe- he explains that it feels so real to him, even though he knows it's not. Mm-hmm. And so when they go to the doctor, the doctor <laughs> oh, d- uh, diagnoses him basically as a what he calls a successful S- schizophrenic. schizophrenic. Oh my so God. he's created this whole other fictional life for himself, kind of as an escape yeah. from the like the boring and uh, mono- the monotonous and controlled life that yeah. he's lived with his wife yeah. for the last yeah. forty years. So I guess if we can uh, contextualize this a little bit. Like now, it it sounds horrible, you know. Like you're, you're you're like, oh, he's a successful schizophrenic, and you cringe a little bit. But like in the '80s, like pop psychology was like such a big thing, mm-hmm. and then people were so into like oh psychiatry and you know new age stuff, and and you know, like that's so stupid, right? Like that he's a he's a successful schizophrenic. And what he's describing, I don't really think that 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 would be schizophrenia. Yeah, I think a lot of yeah. a lot of I think most of the I mean, there's kind of a lot of medical stuff that's happening in this movie. Yeah, and I think bullshit. a lot of it seems like this is not a real yeah mm-hmm. scientific thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that definitely like a lot of this like every all the stuff about like his aging like feels very real. 
but but beyond that like the actual science doesn't make a lot of sense yeah yeah and and you know they just shove that in for the drama i don't know if it's different in the book or whatever Mm -hmm. but just the pacing of all of a sudden like he has this schizophrenia they kind of i guess they kind of set it up earlier with the weird uh you know scenes in the farm that doesn't really Mm -hmm. make sense yeah you just assume that's somebody's past you just assume oh maybe that's jack levin's past oh i I was thinking oh did the two other siblings die i think they're gonna i thought they were gonna go into Mm -hmm. that it just turns out he just imagined it yeah Yeah. like pretty fucking weird and stupid yeah yeah so that 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 stuff that part of the movie i think is the most kind of Mm -hmm. odd and off-putting and just kind of like this is just kind of strange doesn't make a ton of sense Mm -hmm. but yeah do you have a most ethan hawk line of the movie i don't know i don't know that i wrote that many yeah unfortunately i didn't write that many down and of the ones i wrote down maybe yo dad (laughs) would be the most oh there's one part where he says why are you Americans so obsessed yeah. with food? Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's this one line, but I don't know if it was Ethan Hawke that said it. He's, is, the days have a kind of nice rhythm to them. I think that might have been Ted Dancing's character saying that. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, I have one where he says, I would never run away from my family. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, yeah, that, 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 that was, uh, I guess... Uh, kind of the conclusion of, of the thing I was alluding to earlier about, you know, uh, Boomer uh, trying to have a bigger conscience. And, and, and like, he kind of says, he kind of admits that he was just kind of, like, looking for power and that he was, the reason for that was because he felt his father was emasculated mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that he didn't want to have, like, this kind of slave, uh, you know, Earlier during that scene where him and uh, uh, Ted Anton and Jack Lemmon were talking about his role as a boss versus his role as an employee, uh, there's one line that's like, oh, you know, I, it makes sense you're a boss. I, you know, oh, that's yeah, what I expect. Yeah. Jack Lemmon tells yeah, Ted, Ted Anton that he's, he's, he's a, a boss and Jack Lemmon is a, a, yeah, a worker. Yeah, worker. Yeah. And so during the heart-to-heart with, between Ethan Hawke and uh, Ted Anton, he says, I just, he just you know he wanted to be the boss yeah he wanted the power he didn't really it wasn't for the money it was just he wanted to have some power and control yeah which is a very interesting uh, statement there yeah well i think it's sort of them pushing the the narrative that they're trying to push about traditional values and yeah. things like that and they're trying to push that through with yeah in that moment in that scene but but also like well, it's it's I guess it's it's also like a. It's it's also asking questions about what we sacrificed for that, and he's he basically says, he sacrificed his family, and it was a hard decision, but he he he, he did it anyway. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And I guess there's a bit of regret on that, a bit of like, oh, I'm sorry, but it's 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 you know. It's more. It's more. I guess the moral is that. You know, you, you you could sacrifice whatever, but if you come at the eleventh hour, you can kind of reconcile, and that that's the entire reason Ted Danson was doing everything mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. because he felt like he wasn't there for anything. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. there for the, the two Christmases, and he was reaching a point of guilt because 
he wasn't there for his son, he wasn't there for his father, so he's, uh, you know, he's making up for that. And there's a scene pretty much where he directly says what you were saying, where yeah. he's talking to his sister, and his sister yeah. says, like, why are you the only one that's not accepted the fact yeah, that yeah. he's going to die? Yeah. And he's like, well, I wasn't there for, for, for so much of it that he wants to be there mm-hmm. at the end for as long as possible. Yeah. And she was with him for so long, she spent time with him, that it was sort of more easier yeah. for her to come to terms with and he was having a harder time yeah. accepting it because yeah. he wasn't there for so much. Yeah. It's, it's like they're trying to tell themselves that, you know, it's okay. You, you were a good son after all. You know what I mean? Right. But that happens a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's like... I, you know, I just think it's interesting that, you know, it's like, you know, it's a meditation on, on, on themselves. Right. Which is what movies are. Meditation on themselves. Yeah. It's a meditation on our own culture. Yeah. Do you want to take a look at some reviews that were came out at the time? Yeah, sure, bro. Yeah. Great. Okay, so Roger Ebert gave it two stars. Who's that? Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun hmm. uh, Tribune Times. I forget what it was called. I think it's Chicago Sun Times. Times. Something. Yeah, he gave it two stars, and the first line of the review is, Dad is a case of a movie with too much enthusiasm for its own good. Which uh, I w- would have to agree with. Yeah, I think basically his... Uh, his review boils down to, like, it doesn't really feel like a, a truthful um, story that, <laughs> that, you know, all of the, the, um, the things that we found, like, hokey, like, you know, where they do that fashion show yeah. or, you know, all the things that kind of make this movie over the top. The, the Jack Horner score? <laughs> Can we talk about that for two seconds? It's James Horner. Sorry, James Horner. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about the James Horner score. Uh, so many Jack Johns and James. Yeah. And I'm glad that I'm glad they gave Ethan Hawk a Billy. Cause mm-hmm. it, yeah, because his name was like James or something, I would not yeah. be able to keep it straight. Yeah. What's Kevin Spacey's name? Mario. Mario. Oh, thank God. <laughs> he looks like Mario with a fucking with mustache. mustache yeah. yeah. And his red overalls. Mm-hmm. And his, his hat that says M on it. <laughs> um, yeah, did you want to talk about the score? No, you do it. I do it? Yeah. <laughs> you had it on your notes. Did I? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I said the score is very heavy-handed. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I think it was like kind of idyllic in that um opening scene with the fake with the fake farm life mm-hmm. all those fake farm scenes um have a very like idyllic sound to yeah. them um but during any moment of emotional or dramatic tension uh the score really yeah. rises up and it gets pretty loud it leads yeah to the score. yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, one time there's especially the flute i remember specifically yeah, there was like a scene flute, i was like though. that flute is so loud yeah yeah. Um, it's really overpowering, and I think that maybe the movie would have been serviced by a more subtle score. Yeah, especially because the movie is so unsubtle. Yeah, mm-hmm. that they just it feels like you're really forced with they're hitting you over the head with it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think there are movies like with very kind of directly emotional scores that 
work because the film itself is more nuanced. Mm-hmm. Like I was like I'm trying to think of like Phantom Thread. Uh-huh. Like the film itself feels like I mean it's it's a um, Danny Day Lewis performance, so it's very actory, but it is kind of it feels like kind of a nuanced film. Mm-hmm. And then you have this kind of bigger score, but it works because it's. It, it's like playing off the nuance. Well, it's, it's the also a, a throwback, at least like in genre. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Period yeah. piece. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we could talk a little bit about like the evolution of score and like the, the you know, the idea of it. Like, you know how a lot of modern films, like the idea is that the score has to be invisible. Mm-hmm. And also like, you know, like uh, like the idea is everything has to be invisible. Cuts are invisible. Score is invisible. Right, right, uh, right. You could see that in like modern action movies and, you know, what, you know like tempo films. Uh, and and this one, this is like of a different era where it's like like mm-hmm. it leads with the score. You get the emotion, you, you like you hear the emotion first, and then they act after yeah, it. Yeah, I think similar with Dead Poets Society, where um, before that, oh Captain, mm-hmm. my Captain scene, it swells. That, yeah, it's it doesn't yeah it doesn't swell quite as intensely as it does right, in Dad, right, right. but you know something yeah. is about to happen because <laughs> right, of right. that uh, that music which. Uh, has been yeah. used over and over in different parodies. Yeah. And, and, and that could also, iconic. like, th- that could just be, like, where we are now. Like, you know, our, our own language of film is different than what was the language of film yeah. in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So, like, to us, that's way obvious, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, even, oh, of course, even the contemporary people were talking about how, like, schmaltzy it was. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, like, especially compared to the way movies are now, right? where score really is super understated, yeah, you know, it's like it's it's hard to remember a score, unless you know it's specifically trying to be you know a throwback or a different kind of film. Right. But I feel like the only movies now, and they always did, but the only movies now that really set up use score to set up how you're supposed to feel are like horror movies. Yeah, John Carpenter, where they set up the, it builds to something, and you're yeah. you feel the tension because the score is building up to it, and then mm-hmm. something happens yeah. or something doesn't happen. And that's kind of how that works yeah i think one movie though that isn't a horror movie that uses score pretty successfully that's kind of recent i mean in the grand scheme of things is a single man (laughs) uh i think that came out in 2009 um with uh colin firth and that was tom ford's first movie um i think i think it's abel korzanowski or something Mm -hmm. um his his score, I mean, and it's kind of a similar effect to a score in a horror movie because you know this whole time that you're building up to his his death and he's yeah. reflecting. Spoiler on, alert. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Yeah. Spoiler alert. You know the whole time that it's kind of, well, you don't know, but it, the whole time it is it is building up to his death and it's uh, he's also reflecting on his partner's death and um, the way that the score is used, it's it's very tense um and it it does build but in a way that feels natural yeah but i think that also goes back to the point that Gio was making about the sort of throwback nature of it i mean it's not throwback makes it sound like it's it's diminutive but like Mm -hmm. the 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 way that it's kind of an homage to classic hollywood filmmaking like tom i feel like tom ford constructed that movie as well in a sort of old hollywood type of way with the way he used the colors and the way he used the music. So I think that's a similar similar to what to what Gio was saying about how the only times you see that yeah. them setting up the music is when they're doing it in that kind I'm, of way. I'm glad you brought up colors because I don't know if, if, if you noticed this, but like the cinematography was very like flat and bland. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You could tell that like 
the, the director's previous work with sitcoms. Mm. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's very right, like right. It's just utilitarian and boring. Yeah, like right. they didn't really use the space. Yeah, there was nothing cinematic about a lot of the shots. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's true. Like yeah. like when we're talking about the best scenes in the movie. They're just shot reverse shot. Mm-hmm. It's just a dialogue between two characters, and then they're just reacting to each other. Yeah, nothing cinematic, nothing dynamic. Yeah. So it's all just basically in the reaction and then the music, you know, kind of gets in motion. Right. Yeah, that's true. Another review that came out of the time was from uh, New York Times' Vincent Camby, who we also read one of his reviews last week. He says, Any movie titled Dad with Jack Lemmon playing a lovable old codger of 78 would seem to be <laughs> something to be avoided by everyone except charter members of the Jack Lemon fan clubs of America. <laughs> charter members. <laughs> it sounds pretty sticky. Mm. Wow. wow. Which reminds me, I have to re- renew my, my, my Jack <laughs> Lemon charter. Yeah. I have to pay the, the, the club dues. The club dues, yeah. Um, but he does go on to say that Jack Lemmon does a great yeah. job. I think right. everyone yeah. agrees that everyone Jack Lemmon was, yeah. A, yeah. He, like, he's an amazing actor yeah. and did a great job. Reminds me of my grandfather in, in, in a lot of the Yeah. Yeah. Scenes. Yeah, he really captured aging well, yeah. uh, despite the material that he was given. I, I, th- I think he got uh, nominated or at least, like, some kind of award for makeup. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which, is, which is deserving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is Jack Lemmon dead? Yeah. yeah. He's dead, right? Yeah, yeah he died a while ago. Uh, he died like 2000, or something like that. Early 2000. I, I know where he's buried. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's buried in the cemetery behind the IPIC Theater in Westwood right. Village. Oh, the Westwood Cemetery or whatever? Mm-hmm. Can we pause real quick? Yep. And we're back. And we're back. Yeah. From our, uh, we leave? Oh, you were talking about um, how it reminds you of... Your oh, was, it, was that an ad break? Yeah, that was oh yeah, uh, <laughs> sponsored by Squarespace. Sponsor by Squarespace. <laughs> <laughs> Please sponsor us, Squarespace. Yeah, Please I sponsor. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, I would read that copy so hard. Yeah, yeah. we could use Squarespace for our website. Yeah, that's for, true. Yeah. For Hawkeyes. Yeah. yeah, I I've been thinking about it. I gotta find. A, I gotta listen to a podcast that's sponsored by Squarespace so I could get a discount code. We'll, oh yeah, that's we'll, we'll probably be smarter as. Uh, you know, like seek a sponsorship first, and they'll give you like a free, they'll probably give you a free, domain. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. a free domain, yeah, free, free domain, yeah, yeah. Well, so. free domain is included with Squarespace, but then, nice. but then you wouldn't be lo- using like a you know a, a code. You would be sponsored, and then you yeah. get money from them. Yeah, which would be great. Yeah. That would be great, Squarespace. Yeah. Squarespace. Yeah, if we say Squarespace enough, they'll like hear us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or uh, Warby Parker. <laughs> Warby Parker. I'm yeah. nearsighted. I would love Ca- glasses. Casper mattress. <laughs> yeah. Casper mattress. Ships direct to your door. Hello yeah. Fresh. Hello, Hello Fresh. Fresh. What's 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 the other one? The um. Bowling Branch. Bowling Branch is another one. Yeah. That's the one oh, where they send you like ingredients. No, no, no. Bowling Branch is uh, sheets. Oh, sheets. That's right. Oh, yeah. are you thinking of um? Uh, what's the one that's not Hello Fresh? If Blue it's Apron. An, if Blue it's Apron. an item that you can get at Target. But it ships to your door. It's probably a <laughs> podcast sponsor. Yeah, Me Undies. Me exactly. Yeah. Made with Modal. Yeah, soft, presumably. I don't know. Yeah, and uh, such fun designs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, they're not sponsors yet. <laughs> yeah. Soon. Oh, you hopefully. know what we should do? You know, we're talking about like getting interns for like grips, just to hold our uh-huh. mics. <laughs> we, should, we should get interns for like media, <laughs> like sponsorships. 
Like mm-hmm. somebody who wants to be an agent, like work for an agency. Like, oh, this just, is just, cold call companies. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, just have them call for us and get sponsorships, and they don't get paid, but we do. Yeah, if you want to be an uh, intern for for Hawkeye's Pod, no college credit or money offered. Yeah. Uh, but experience just message with people experience. who are inexperienced. Exactly. Yeah. Just message Hawkeye's Pod. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. We Recru- have a Gmail, hawkeyespod <gasps> at gmail.com. Oh, nice. I've had it the whole time. I just keep forgetting to include it. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. We have an inst- yeah, yeah, that's how I set up the, well, how I set up the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. I set something up using the. You, you can't email suggestions, though, because I suggested stuff and, and Harper was like, no. <laughs> We're doing this chronologically. <laughs> I have a plan. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've already set up the premise. We can't really yes. change it. Oh, you can for send those questions. of you who don't know, the premise of this show <laughs> is uh, that we are going through and watching all of Ethan Hawke's movies chronologically. Yes. And what did you say last week? You said we were seeking f- the essence seeking of the Hawk. Seeking the truest essence of Hawk, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and by the end, I'm going to get a Hawk tattoo. Nice. <gasps> yeah. Wait, are you serious? Yeah. That's exciting. Like yeah. like the bird? Yeah, okay. like the bird. But it'll. Speaking of birds, <gasps> is it time for Hawk Facts? <laughs> Okay. This is a this is a segment. Yeah, yes. this is a segment. There's this a segment is like out. one of our only successful segments. Yes. Nice. It's uh, every week I just bring a new fact about hawks. Uh-huh. The bird. Yeah, the bird. Um, and this week I decided that since this episode is about dads uh-huh. and how they're sometimes unsuccessful uh-huh. or sometimes they fall short, I wanted to bring a little fact about red-tailed hawks. And can I there, swoop you first? Can you? Swoop? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so a little fun fact about <laughs> hawks. Hawk insert fact. Yeah, ho- insert facts. Two days ago, we were we were at a trivia uh, night, and then we had to figure <laughs> out um, fucking football teams that that won the Super Bowl. Yes. And yeah. one of our right answers were the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. So we got that right. So we do yeah. know our hawk facts. Yes. Yeah. As they pertain to football. Yeah. Take that NFL. Yeah. So Take that, red, Colin Kaepernick. Red tail hawks. No, we're, we're, we we're, support we're you. Oh yeah, Colin we're, 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 we're sorry, we're, we're pro, we're pro NFL. Yeah, Nike's a sponsor. Come yeah. on, <laughs> that would be so great. Yeah, we would get. A lot you of get money. free trainers. Free trainers. Yeah. 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 That's what they call it. She went yeah. to Ireland, so she knows. Yeah. And you went to Scotland, so you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so fact about red tail hawks as fathers is that, as per the website animals.mom.me so i guess it's mom.me where's me i thought this was dad yeah i know i know this that, that's the thing yeah. this it's a dad fact but for yeah. mom.me um newly hatched red tail hawks are completely helpless often unable to lift their heads for several hours for the first few first four weeks the parents feed the young hawks called hawklets that's cute mm. the male brings the food to the nest and the female does the actual feeding at five weeks, a hawklet can tear up and eat animals brought to the nest. And at seven weeks, they begin to fledge. Once they fledge, the parents largely ignore them, leaving them to learn hunting skills on their own. So the fathers are not around much after five weeks or a little after five weeks. So uh, that hawk fact was brought to you by Jackie Carroll from Mom.me. And Squarespace. And Squarespace. <laughs> God, I wish. Wow. Yeah. So hawk hawk dads are not necessarily the 
the best, best dads. dads. Yeah. But they're there. They bring the food in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they are the bosses. <laughs> they are the bosses. You're either a boss or a worker. You're either a boss That's or a right. worker. Exactly. And Rachel Hawks are bosses. <laughs> That's very horse caca. I don't know. I can't do it. I can't go high. You do it. I can't do it. Do your Marge impression. <laughs> I hawks don't really do a caca. I have a hawk sound that I. I oh, is that is that your opening sting? Like <laughs> no, 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 no. That's too Stephen Colbert. But I plug it into um. Oh, where are you? It's more of an eagle, really. Yeah. But it's it's not a very different sound here. If you were like a radio show instead of a podcast, you'd be like, Welcome to the Hawkeyes Podcast. <laughs> and then, you know, like a bunch of noises. Oh. Wow. Yeah. So I plugged that noise in um, whenever Jonathan, at the beginning of Jonathan's Hawk fact. Oh, so it's, a, like, it's a like a screech. It's like a re? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I, and so then I tried to do it, but I always sound like a cat or yeah. something. They do it? <laughs> Yeah, I can't. <laughs> that, that was yeah, like totally like a cat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's no way to do. I can't make yeah. my throat make that noise. Yeah. yeah, that's true. You don't. You don't have like hawk mouth. Mhm. Well, should we take some time to uh, think now that we've watched three Ethan Hawk movies? Mm-hmm. Well, sure. you haven't. You have you seen Depot? I've seen Depot Society. Society. Yeah. So, um, shall we? I don't know. Compare these films in some manner. Yes. In terms of Ethan Hawke performances. Yeah, let's talk. Yeah, itself? we could talk about Ethan Hawke performances. Yeah, um, I think this was the weakest performance. Yeah. So I would far. agree. Yeah. yeah. I thought Explorers was his performance. Pretty solid was, child yeah. actor. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Not seen Explorers. Uh, Dead Poet Society was Watched again on solid. Daily motion. Solid performance. Can't say that. And Watch it on. Uh, you can rent it at v- VOD Amazon. On, on Amazon, YouTube, Amazon, <laughs> iTunes, Apple, YouTube. This movie felt like he was like almost overthinking it or something. Yeah, like he mm. maybe knew he didn't have that many lines, so he felt like he had to do more he had for to them. To really or something. act everything, but he really yeah. seemed like he was like overacting, and he was doing weird affectations, yeah. and it just didn't, it just didn't work that well. Yeah, I think basically natural. until his last scene. Mm-hmm. With him and him and Ted Danson, where they where he's eulogizing, mm-hmm. which I thought actually worked pretty well. I thought that was a I pretty good too. scene. Yeah, and that's where you see like, oh yeah, he is a very good actor, and you may have forgotten that for the last two hours of watching him be like, yo dad, <laughs> yo dad. Yeah. yeah, this movie was kind of long, right? Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, yeah it, felt long. it felt like it had like six acts or something. I felt like I, 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 I caught like three endings. You know what I yeah. mean? Like good yeah. places yeah. for it to stop. Like when he dies, or w- when when he talks in the. Uh, there was there was a good scene, uh, like basically the the conclusion of the the mom is a bitch arc was like, you know, like he he ended up saying something like, along the lines of, doesn't matter if we're dying as long as we for- don't forget to live or something like that, mm-hmm. and then they hug and it zooms out. It's like oh we could end it there. Yeah. Like it right. seemed like he was gonna die. You didn't have to tell us that. Oh then we wouldn't have to see the eulogizing. But that was like a good way to end it. Yeah. And you know. Like some of the cancer stuff just went a little bit way too long. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize how long the movie felt until we tried summarizing it and we kept consistently got yeah. sidetracked because there's just so much happening. So, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of plot. Yeah. yeah, 
It's actually shorter than Dead Poet Society. Yeah. I guess that makes sense, but I think Dead Poet Society, there's kind of less. Yeah, it's more focused. Yeah, it's yeah, really, it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's pretty good pacing. Yeah. yeah. I didn't rewatch it too, uh, for, for this Hawkeyes, but mm-hmm. yeah, I remember it had pretty good pace. It follows kind of a pretty, because that was the first time I watched yeah. it for for the podcast. Um, that was your first time watching it? Yeah, that, that was the first time I'd seen it. It follows a pretty logical arc. Mm-hmm. Not that movies have to be straightforward, Yeah. but this movie, I think, was not serviced well by the fact that they were doing a lot of different weird things at different times. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of plot lines that were kind of going at the same time that you kind of forgot and they brought back up again. Yeah. Where's the wife? Where's the son? Yeah. Plus, you know, honestly, the energy of Robin Williams can kind of, you know. Carry any. Carry yeah. Any. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. We don't have any clips to play because there's Nothing. no video evidence of this movie having happened other than that the movie exists. Yeah. We're probably the only podcast who who ever mentioned Dad, 1989. Well, and this okay. is like a daddy podcast. That <laughs> just does dad movies, daddy movies. Um, yeah, Daddy's Home. Daddy's Home 2. <laughs> Daddy's Home 2. Mark Wahlberg, yeah. Uh, well, Daddy Daycare. Daddy, so Daddy daycare. basically when I was searching for clips for this movie about this movie like any interviews because you know there are just so many ethan hawk interviews and it's pretty easy to find him talking about any one of his movies except mm-hmm. basically this one and and you know we, we both searched for clips of him talking about either ethan hawk talking about this movie i looked for ted danson talking about this movie i looked for jack mm-hmm. lemon talking about this movie there's basically nothing about it so I, all I all the only clips I was able to find were just uh, Ethan Hawke talking about his dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. So I can play a brief bit where he talks about um, about his dad and his uh, his assessment of his acting career. Nice. Nice. This is on uh, Late Night with Seth Meyers. Um, yeah, yeah. Were your parents, when, you know, obviously you found your way to the arts at a young age, were they supportive of this idea of you trying to be well, an actor? Well, you have to understand that my father is an actuary. Okay. So he's a mathematician. He's, like, one of the few jobs in the world that really uses calculus, you know? And so when I, when I told him what I, that I wanted to be an actor, he w- felt the need to uh, lay out the actuarial tables on that succeeding. Uh-huh. You know, like, let's, let's do the math on how many guys in the Screen Actors Guild make more than $17,000 a year. <laughs> um, and making sure before I chose it. And I decided I was okay with that. Okay, that's good. <laughs> the so, odds were not good, but I was all right with it. <laughs> and, yeah. So that's him talking about his dad. Nice. And Matt. I also thought I would throw in a quick clip from the same episode where he talks about himself. As a, dad. as a dad. So this is just Love a little it. bit talking oh, about... Oh, they could do a remake where t- uh, uh, Ethan Hawke is the, the middle-aged dad. Yeah. And... Uh, Ted Danson is the who's a young Who's a young answer that... Who's a... Answer. Who's a young actor Timothy Chalamet. I was going to say... Really. <laughs> anyway, so Yo, here's... Yo, dad. So it was a brief bit, uh, Ethan Hawke talking about his daughter, Maya, who's now also an actor. Yeah, this is very exciting. Uh, your daughter... Uh, is now she's officially in the craft. She, she uh, in Little Women yep. and uh, next season is Stranger Things. There's this production of Little Women that the, is airing on PBS right now. Um, my daughter is one of many amazing actors in this production. It's awesome. Uh, her name is Maya Hawk, and she did a great job. And uh, and she's also in Stranger Things. She's filming as we speak, I think. So you are obviously that's all right. Huh? Can you give her advice? Well, the thing about if. 
if you ever start giving people advice unasked, yeah. you're announcing yourself to be a blowhard jerk. Right, right, right. right, right. So you gotta wait. So you just gotta wait for them to ask. Can I ask this when you're watching no, her? You ask. No, I'm gonna yeah, ask. Yeah, her. Yeah. You, uh, you know, obviously you yes, are an actor who yeah. can watch work and have a value judgment on it, but you're yeah. also a very proud father. When you are watching her, do you feel like you can't judge it as an actor, or are you just too proud and, and the light of that is... You know, I'm a professional actor since I was 30 years old. It's all I know. It's all I care about, and so I think I'm probably her harshest critic. Uh huh. It's a little bit like having a professional... Pitcher as a dad, if you're going into pitching, you know, I got, I got opinions about how the elbow should move. <laughs> and I can honestly tell you, it was the proudest moment of my life. That's great. It was incredible so awesome. watching her in the show. She doesn't need me at all. She's a, you know, she's a beautiful performer. That's, really uh, that's wonderful. Congratulations. Always so great to see you. Thank you so much, Ethan. What's the, what's the daughter's name? Maya. Maya. Hawk? Um, she, uh, Thurman Hawk, or she's just No, she's just Hawk, yeah. Hawk. So, she could be in an episode of, of Hawkeyes because she's a hawk? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is she in anything? Uh, Stranger Yeah, she said. Stranger Things. That's not a movie. Uh, she's in a movie that was at Sundance. I can't think of what it is, though. Okay. Or it was at Tiff. Well, if we could talk about Dad from a movie that nobody remembers, we could talk about yeah. obscure um, Maya Hawk film. Okay, so I was able to find one interview with Jack Lemon. It wasn't a video, though, so I'm just going to read. Okay. Can you do it a Jack Lemon voice? I sure can't. <laughs> I cannot. Um, but this is, so this is by Mark Stein, S-T-E-Y-N. Um, he. He was the one doing the interview? Yeah. He interviewed Jack Lemon for The Independent in 1990. So about Dad. Um, about his character Jake and Dad, Jack Lemon says his wife practically has to wipe his ass for him. Uh, it reaffirmed something I'd felt for a long time. Even when I was very young, I noticed that with old people, the difference was in the eyes. Some of them were dead already. Uh, they've lost their capacity for excitement. I'd rather lose my sense of humor than that. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, a little bit about how he got into the role. One thing that I thought was really interesting that he said, for him as an actor, dad is the best combination of comedy and drama since The Apartment. Which is pretty bold. Yeah, that's interesting. Especially because I don't think it was particularly funny. Yeah. It felt like a heavy-handed drama mm-hmm. that was had some levity because Jack Lemmon is naturally yeah. entertaining. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's well, basically was it, was it like a press junket for the movie? Um, I don't think so because this was a year after the movie would have come yeah. out. So, so I understand him saying that like it was promotion. This was um, oh no, he was in he was promoting it in London. That's mm. why this happened. I think. Oh okay. He was yeah, so it was going international the mm. movie. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Movies come out later in yeah. other places sometimes. Yeah. Less so, less so now, right? Yeah. Oh, and then speaking of um, the UK's relationship with this film, Dad. <laughs> oh, there's a whole thing for that? Nice. Yeah. Um, the, I was able to find one clip of uh, the promo for Dad. Oh, on... shoot. You guys have a Google Docs for Hawkeyes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We get in on that shit, dude. Um, I'd love to be on that spreadsheet shit. <laughs> that spreadsheet, dude. So... 
on BBC Two in 1995, they were going to air Dad, and this was the promo that they played for it. Jack Lemmon, Ted Danson and Olympia Dukakis star in BBC One's film in just under 15 minutes. Father and son rediscover a lost relationship in the moving family drama, Dad. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. They played it on BBC Two in 1995. Good to know, I guess. It's, it's the, funny probably that they the only have time that it was played. clip like, on YouTube. I had to look so hard for this clip. You don't understand. I spent. I this was like the only thing I found after like three hours of searching for content. Oh my god! So, so this I, movie basically just never happened. Yeah, I watched so many like really long Ethan Hawke interviews, hoping that maybe he'd say something for like five seconds. Yeah. Like, I was in a movie with Jack Lemmon. Never. Crazy. Never. That's so interesting. You would think that that's something you would, because it's kind of, it would seem yeah, like it was a, kind of with, a big movie. Yeah, even if you, you know, if it wasn't like very well received, I feel like you would still be like, oh, I got to work with Ted Danson, Jack Lemon, Olympia Dukakis, and Kathy Baker, and Kevin Spacey, like, yeah. all in one movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was on my third movie ever, yeah. I was very young, and I got to work with all these great people. Like, that's something that I feel like should have come up in an interview, but yeah, I guess not, Ethan. Well, when we have him on the podcast. Yeah, I just want to talk to him, him about Dad. Yeah. For the next people that try to make an Ethan Hawke podcast after us, you know. Uh, should we wrap up the show? Yeah. Any? How we, do you wrap it up? I don't know. We just kind of... Um, <laughs> we just say bye. <laughs> Turn just, it off. Isn't there like... Shoot guns into the air and yell you Um. Do you have any, any yeah, just straight last, thought? Any last, last thoughts? Of, I do have a question. Yeah. yeah. What's the difference between a hawk and a falcon? I was I thinking about that when you were talking about red-tailed red, red hawks or whatever. I don't know. Maybe Jonathan can cover that in another hawk. What's the next movie yeah. that we're doing? White Fang. White Fang. Oh. Oh, I'll probably talk about bird teeth or something on that one. Oh, oh there fang. are a lot of clips of Ethan Hawke talking about White Fang. We're going to be set next week. All right. Nice. Yeah. I watched a lot of him talking about what it was like to befriend a wolf. wolf. Yeah. yeah. That's the movie about the wolf. I think we're going to have a lot of really good Ethan Hawke uh, material. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Any last impressions about the movie? Uh, I don't know the difference between a hawk and a fang to get to hawk and a fang. Hawk and, and a, a hawk and to get back to your point. But I'll find out eventually. I'm At a certain point, there's 70-something. At least 77. Ethan Hawke movies. Wow. So I feel like what by the time... What a prolific actor. Indeed. By the time I get further on, I think by the time I at least get to, I don't know, training day, I feel like I'll know a substantial amount about Hawks. So yeah. I'll be able to answer your question about the difference between Hawks and Hawks. But I don't really understand bird classification. He just likes birds. Yeah. Just like birds. And it's relevant to this podcast because yeah. his last name is Hawks. I don't like birds. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Gio, what's something that you're looking forward to us getting to in this podcast? Like, do you have a favorite Ethan Hawke movie? Uh, Reality Bites. Reality Bites. Uh, That's not too far from now. Yeah, it's not too far from now. Maybe, maybe not a favorite, but, like, I'm very interested in, like, that movie. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting movie. Yeah. Cool, yeah, I haven't seen yeah. it, so I look forward to it. I haven't it. seen it either. Oh, you haven't? No. Okay. So it'll be fun. Maybe yeah. we'll have you back on for that one. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's like, 
a very quintessential movie. Hmm. Quintessentially, if you know what, what that means. Uh, it's it's like a gen- it's like quintessential. It's like it's movie? like it's like a quintessential generational movie. Oh, okay. Because it's it's about people coming of age, and it's like Ben Stiller. I think that's like his first movie or something he directed. Yeah, hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, yeah, it's it's it. I, I think I, th- I think it was kind of a big deal for people growing up. Nice. Yeah. And as somebody who grew up in the the early '90s, uh, you know, I I knew that that shaped me as a as a uh, an artist. And uh, you know, as a now that now, now that I have a, a, a child myself, you know, uh-huh. right. And you know, th- to see their coming of age movies, I I force them to watch. Uh, reality bites, and I I want mm-hmm. them to conform to what my generation's values are. What's uh What's one of your child's coming of age films that? Yeah, what, 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 what is is, is uh, Jen's? Oh, uh, middle school, right? Whatever. Eighth grade. Eighth grade. <laughs> yeah, eighth grade, but, but <laughs> that, that's that's a pretty like generational film. Yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah. I'm not I'm not of that generation, so. But it yeah. seems like I saw the preview where he does a dab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That seems like something like generational. Uh-huh. And isn't it like just musing on what it means to grow up on this, you know? Yeah, kind of like to be an iPhone kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the YouTube. I mean, thing. I mean, uh, an upcoming Ethan Hawke film was was touted as a generational film. Which mm-hmm. one? Well, the Twelve Years movie. Boyhood. Tw- Twelve Years a Boy. Twelve Years a Boy. By Richard Linklater. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Linklater. <laughs> 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 We've got jokes, folks. <laughs> <laughs> We, we've got a writer's room in the back of, of, of <laughs> just interns. unpaid interns. Yeah. We're now holding our mics. Yeah. They're not very good. I mean, that was like the one joke we had. It wasn't very fun. <laughs> 12 years of boy. 12 years of boy. Yeah. Get some letters for that one. Yeah. Oh, should we all tell a joke? I, I think I just did. You just did, yeah. Well, the writer's room only wrote one joke, so that's all what we What was got. that um, Frozen joke that I told that one time that I thought was really funny? Oh, the one that I guessed the punchline? Huh? I think I guessed the punchline. Oh was, yeah, I, yeah you did. It was like um, why can't something about why can't Elsa hold on to a balloon? Yeah, he's let it go. Because she has to let it go. <laughs> because she has to build a snowman. It's true. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, whatever. Um, all right. Okay. Well, Geo, where can people find you on the internet if they want to? Uh, at the real Geo on Twitter. Um, <sighs> I'm going to be touring uh, East Coast soon. <laughs> uh, you can check out my two dates on my website. you going to college? <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? That was a joke. You, you said you're going to be touring the East Coast, and I said, are you going to go to college? Like a, a college, college tour? College, like college, college, tour, college yeah. tour, yeah. That's right. People do that. I yeah. did that. Yeah, yeah she did that. She yeah. did that. Yeah. Ethan Hawkins did that in his dad, and then he decided to go to Santa Cruz. Yeah, just like I did. That's like Harper. Yeah. Voice of a Generation, Ethan Hawk and Harper Thompson. Yeah. Is this whole movie, like, or this whole, like, podcast thing, it's like you trying to, like, find yourself with Ethan Hawk? Yeah, whatever. I think that when I'm this, uh, this could be like the generational film of of how, uh, you know, our generation finds themselves through media, other people by having a weird hobby mm-hmm. and obsessing over celebrity. <laughs> yeah, I think by the time I'm in my late forties, I will have also made a film about an obscure uh, country musician. The only people who make generational movies are like forty year olds. Yeah, except for Reality Bites, that's made by like old, young people. That's why it's interesting. Mm. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, so where can people really find you? 
Not, not nowhere. Uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not you can pu- find him at hoy underscore pinoy on Instagram. Yeah, I don't post anymore, but I think I will now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, once you get a bunch of followers yeah, from posts the people that listen to this episode. Yeah. Twelve weeks when this episode comes out or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Twelve weeks of Pinoy. Twelve weeks of what? Twelve weeks of Pinoy. Yeah. <laughs> twelve weeks. Um, Jonathan, where can people find you? Um, just out and about. <laughs> you can like, find, you can find me at the Vons. Go find me at the Vons. There's two traders. I won't tell you where I live, uh-huh. but I will tell you there are two Trader Joe's near where I live. So if you just find oh, dude, me, people can people can like triangulate. Triangulate. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Um, I said Vons and I said two Trader Joe's. Okay, well you can find him at John Zavaletto <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm Harper. You can find me at Harping About on Instagram, and you can follow the podcast on Instagram at Hawkeyes Pod. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also on Facebook at Hawkeyes Pod, mm-hmm. and, and on Bandcamp. No, we're not on Bandcamp. Sorry. Um, on Guitar Center. God, can you get those interns to write better jobs? <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, you can email us. Days. We would love to hear from you guys. Yeah. Please email us at uh, hawkeyespod at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram. All right, great. So what's the next movie we're talking about? Next movie we're talking about is White Fang. Nice. All right, so catch us next week. We'll be talking about White Fang. Yeah. Ree! Is that your hawk noise? Yeah. Great. Okay, well, we'll go out on that. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. What a depressing way to get out. <laughs>this episode was produced by harper thompson and myself jonathan zavaleta it was edited by harper thompson and our intro music hawk song is written and recorded by connor vance